Moncrief on News Talk. Now, what was the best or most defining decade of your life? In today's Irish Independent, the columnist Mary Kenny argues that it's your 20s. Rather than scrawling through social media, making declarative, ill-informed statements or refusing to move out of their parents' house, people in their 20s should do a bit of planning for the future because it will lay a template for the rest of their life. In her 20s, the psychologist and lecturer in TU Dublin, Leslie Shoemaker, came to Ireland for a fortnight's holiday and there's no sign of her going home. Afternoon, Leslie. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. yeah, isn't this all nonsense? I, I, I really think that even divide. I know it's a, it's an arbitrary definition. The difference between twenty nine and thirty, and you know, and and you know, you do still hear, you know, oh my god, I'm going to be thirty. My life will be over. No, it won't. Uh, I, I went blonde when I turned thirty. <laughs> oh, there you go. Good for you. Uh, and so, so these kind of divisions, anyway, do they make? Are they meaningful in any sense? Do you think? Yes and no. You know, scientifically speaking, the brain is still developing up into the late 20s. You know, and the woman who, the psychologist in the States, Meg Jay is her name, who wrote a book back in 2012 talking about this. I get what she's talking about. She's basically saying, don't party your 20s away. Do a bit of planning. Have a bit of a think about who you want to be, what you want to be and where you want to go. Don't just suddenly arrive at 30 going, oh, God, I'm here. Now what? Yeah. Okay, fair enough, but should you? I think that I didn't know what I was doing when I was in my twenties. <laughs> Neither did I. Uh, like that's like the, that's the whole point of having twenties. Yeah, figuring out who you are, and it's messy. And you know what? It's supposed to be messy, and that's just part of figuring out. Who am I? What am I going to be? What am I going to do? Who am I going to marry? Am I going to have kids, not have kids? All those wonderful life questions. Mm. And they're now referring to the mid-20s as the quarter-life crisis. And the reality is, you know, Eric Erickson, he came up many moons ago with um, the seven life stages. The reality is we died, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Now um, insurance companies are saying we die around 83 is the average. Mm. So they've elongated the stages. We're not going to add any stages. So adolescence is ending in around mid to late 20s. We can't argue with that. Meg J. Wood in her book um, argue with that. But go play, be messy, travel. Yeah. Take time out. Because yeah, I suppose if you were arguing from 70 years ago, you know, when you were in your 20s, you had to, you know, get a job in the mine or wherever, yeah. whatever people used to do then. And effectively, you were regarded as an adult and you were exactly the same as your parents. But now that's... That's gone. That's gone. Like 25-year-olds, again, I'm generalising and I apologise for that, but they're still kids, you know, to a, to a large extent. They are. And, and you know, embrace it and enjoy it. Um, but the... the because we're living longer that, and we're living healthier lives longer, embrace it. You know, they keep her argument is your 30s are not your new 20 or the 20, your 30s are not your new 20s. And the way they are, on one hand, I think it's wonderful. If you remember Golden Girls, I was reading something mm. recently. They were all in their 50s in that <laughs> TV show. I was like, Jesus, I'm in my 50s and I'm nothing like them. Yeah. So, you know, that is how we view the 50s. They were over the hill, gray and dowdy. Whereas now, you know, your 50s, go out, play, travel, change jobs, go back to college, do wonderful things. Mm. So I think it depends upon how rigidly you want to stick to this definition. Yeah. But then again, a lot of what you were talking about, this is these works were probably written by people who aren't in their 20s anymore. 
and perhaps to a certain extent it's in, informed by looking back on their own 20s and going, well, if I'd only started a pension rather than, you know, yep. uh, spending it all on, on weed and alcohol. And what's funny is she said that she um, started, got married a little bit too late and started a family a little bit too late. Not, you know, reading her, her statements and her interviews, there's a tad bit of regret there. And I'm agreeing with you how much this is really about her rather than, you know, if, if you're going to be really organized and you're somebody who can start a pension in your 20s and you actually have the salary, go for it. I applaud you. Um, but most of us are broke in our 20s and that's part of the fun. Yeah, but your woman, though, uh, um, who wrote this book, uh, this uh, Meg Jay, does make the point that from a, at least a biological point of view, if you're going to have a child, the 20s is the best time to do it. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know that in the past they always blamed the women saying, oh, old, old eggs, whereas now we now realize old sperm is also a problem. So, the, you know, we do need to start have families earlier. But research also tells us the more education you have, the later you start a family. So it's, and then you've got Japan where women um, are having great careers and as a result aren't getting married. And the men are all very frustrated and annoyed mm. um, because they do want to get married. But the women are like, I oh, know, if I get married, I have to give up my career. I'm not doing that. I'm going to go be a career okay, woman. Okay. Well, then maybe Japan, uh, Japan needs to adjust its attitude towards women being married and having jobs. You, Crazy ideas, it is. <laughs> Uh, I'm turning 40 this year coming. I'm a gay man. I have everything I actually need. I am mourning my lost youth. You see, that's the thing. 40, is 40 the end of youth? No. You're his, I, I remember when my dad turned 50. He and his best friend went to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a great thing. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, 25-year-olds are not kids. They are as immature as kids, though. That's the difference, uh, says John. John, I suspect may have one or two still living in the house. Uh, um, But I mean, you know, uh, um, maybe a tinge of anger in John's statement. Uh, But he's probably right. They are as immature as kids, because as you said. Adolescence is now ending later than ever before. Adolescence ended around 18, 19. The reality is, you know, whatever, 50, 60 years ago, people were married by 21, 22, having kids at 23, 24. And that's all changed. Mm. I mean, I have friends who did marry late, had kids late. Um, and they're in their 50s and the kids are nowhere near empty nest. And I have other friends who are in their 50s having a celebration. Everybody's out. <laughs> what are we going to do with the space? <laughs> Sell the house and not tell the kids where we live now. Is probably I know once... somebody who that happened to. Really? Yeah, he came home and mom and dad had moved and they failed to tell him. And he couldn't figure out why his key didn't fit in the front door. <laughs> That's extraordinary. Still though, every parent's fantasy. The uh, for, using your psychologist hat because you do have one. Uh, the the y- your brain when you're 25 is it f- a fully formed thing? Anyway? No, it's not. But here's the other thing: we now realise um, it's called neuroplasticity. The brain has a lot more flexibility than we ever imagined. So. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening, especially on 18, 19, hence why they sleep a lot and they're kind of cranky and narky. Mm. Um, But the brain keeps on developing up until the late 20s. But we can keep learning new things. I mean, the research, I I find it just so interesting because they've done research where they've shown brains with obsessive compulsive disorder before um, getting um, treatment and all the different activity happening. And then they've shown the brains post-treatment and the change is radical. So our brains have a lot more movement, you know, that neuroplasticity than we ever realized. And that's what I love about science research. We just keep figuring more and more out. Okay, so because, again, going back to Mary Kenny's uh, uh, article, there was a kind of a claim in that that the 20s are the the decade when you can learn the most. And maybe... 
you know what? Maybe it's quantity over quality, perhaps. You know, the 20s are about perseverance. It's about learning to stick with things. I need to say that to my first years in the college. Um, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of persistence. That's what um, Meg Jay is talking about. And I get that. But here's the thing. Say, for example, your 20s, um, you've had um, a lot of family bereavements or illnesses. It's not like, you know, I, I would hate to think that somebody entering the 30s goes, oh, my God, I didn't learn this in my, in my 20s. It's gone. I'm never going to get it. We can just make up for lost time. Yeah. Uh, someone says, I just turned 60. Naturally, I've been reflecting on my life for the past while. I think my 20s were my best years because I didn't give two hoots. I had fun. I was silly. I had no money because I spent it on pints and fashion. Everything else fell into place after that. And life turned out generally pretty great. Yeah, uh, uh, they say a 22 year old sex it in to say um, uh, I was worrying I, as I told a 22 year old. Sorry, as I told a 22 year old recently who was worrying about having a house uh, planned for tomorrow, but live for today. Great way. A great attitude. Absolute great attitude. Uh, at the same time, the, the, the kind of dividing everything else into decades uh, means that, you know, that, that uh, implicit in that is the idea of diminishing returns. Your 20s are great. Your 30s might be OK. Your 40s, you're hanging on in there. But you and me, Leslie, <laughs> it's all over. No, it's not. Oh, Lots it? more in life to do. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that's a kind of implicit in these kind of conversations, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I think that they're really limiting. And it's kind of like... We're not dead. We're nowhere near being dead. We still have lots of things to see, do and experience. And that's why I get worried when I hear these kinds of conversations. You know, the 20s, yeah, the quarter life crisis, who am I and all that wonderful malarkey, still living with mom and dad and all that kind of fun stuff. 30s, research tells us your self-esteem starts to go up automatically because we start feeling a bit more confident. We start having an idea about our career and things like that. 40s, you've got, you know, kids have finally hit their their pace. You're starting to enjoy life a bit more unless you've married late and you've got babies and that happens too. 50s, you're starting to look at empty nest. But all through those decades, you're also going to have adversity, you know. Mm, mm. It's going to happen. Um, I remember when I turned 40, my dad's comment was on my 40th birthday. He's like, oh, Jesus, this is when everybody starts dying. And I, I got really mad at him, not realizing he was going to be gone in a couple of years. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Every- no, I mean, there are things, you're right. I mean, the, like, there is that kind of, you go to each other's weddings and then your kids' uh, christenings and then parents' funerals and then each other's funerals. That, that is uh, yeah. something to look forward to. Weddings really. I've been to, there's now divorces. And yeah. it's just, it's about taking your stride. More importantly, and the one message she does have is... Be who you want to be. You know, if you're going to keep getting yourself into knots, worrying about how everybody else views you, you're going to waste an awful lot of time trying to fit into something. That's a very good point, because somebody's texting to say something similar. Uh, The only people, uh, the only reason people might think a decade was good or bad is if they compare it to what is expected of them by society. I didn't have children till I was 41, and all through my uh, 30s, People kept prodding me to get a move on and find a man. I ignored them and built a fantastic career that I managed to keep progressing through, even while taking two maternity leaves in my 40s. Ignore what people uh, think you should do. Someone else says, I had my first child when I was 25. The second one when I was 45. Brilliant. Both were great experiences. People are individuals. If a woman is reasonably healthy, have a child. Uh, Someone else says, I got married and had kids at 32. 
I'm so happy I did because I enjoyed my 20s immensely. I lived in Brooklyn for all of my 20s and 30s. However, I definitely wasn't mature enough for kids at 32, let alone my 20s. Is anyone mature enough to kids? Really, when, you know, when kids arrive... No one's in, like the Nobody's first time. Not, yeah, no one's ever ready. <laughs> Nobody at any age. Uh, I'm a man in my 40s and I can definitely say the 40s have been the best so far. I don't want to grow up after these. OK, don't. fair enough. But you shouldn't grow up. Agreed. Really. I mean, look, day job. Yes, go be an adult, pay your bills, you know, your mortgage. Yes, we, we have to do those adult things. But play and play hard and enjoy it. Mm. Isn't it a lot of this? Or is some of this at least kind of informed by ageism? To go back to the point I was making to earlier on that, you know, you hit your 50s and then it's kind of downhill. And then you're, you're, you're seen as somehow lesser. Yep. You're, 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 your opinion isn't as important. You're not seen as a sexual being anymore by yep. the outside world. Uh, you know, uh, women in their 50s and 60s and 70s reported all the time, they suddenly become invisible. Yep. Uh, uh, all that stuff. So there's, you know, there's a lot of this focus and... When there's a focus, I'm giving a lecture here, but when there's a focus <laughs> on getting a bit older, it's all about, you know, don't hurt your knees. It's that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. And and what you're also talking about is unconscious bias. And, mm. you know, at least we're starting to talk about these things and getting them out there. And as I said, when I read recently about Golden Girls, that they were in their 50s, that still horrifies me because it's like I'm sitting here in my hoodie and my nice warm shoes and my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my fifties and I'm not changing. The, yeah, because I think the one who uh, was it, the one who was supposed to, the white hair who was supposed to be the oldest Maud. one. Yeah, Maud was actually younger than 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 a lot of the other actors. They just done her up to uh, look that way. Ah, yes, Seamus says your best decade is now. If you lament the past, you become racked by anxiety. If you fear the future. You are immersed in fear. Stay here in this great moment. Good man, Seamus. It's, we, the reality is, you know, John Kabat-Zinn, the godfather uh, of mindfulness, maintains we spend about 10% of our life in the moment. We're either stuck in the past or in the future. And he's right. Yeah. Enjoy now. Enjoy now. Get in the moment. Get in the moment. Leslie, thanks a million. As thanks ever, so much. Uh, font of wisdom. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.